Hello, thank you for listening this episode and today I have the great pleasure to discuss with uh, Michael Colombo and uh, he worked in the United States Air Force for 20 years and he also just finished his degree in uh, management information systems because he likes to study and uh, while also working full-time. He has a great customer experience with um, providing great value to customers and uh, he is also focused on uh, computers and uh, we can hear more about him. So, Michael, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to, to discuss with you. I, I'm excited too. Um, like I said, I've never done this before, so I'm excited. A little nervous, but I'm excited. That's great. Yeah, I'm a little a bit, uh, you know, nervous can be fine until then the conversation flows and it's all like a natural conversation. And uh, yeah, I, I'd like to hear more about your experience. You were 20 years in the United States Air Force. So how was that? Like how you started or let's start at the beginning. So I've had family members that served in the military, whether it was the Air Force, Navy, Army. Um, I had my uncles, they served, one of my uncles served during World War II, um, and other family members just served throughout different periods of, of time, um, and my, my father was in the Army, so I knew from a very young age that I always wanted to join the military, I always wanted to serve my country, um, you know, ever since, it changed throughout my, my life as far as which branch or, or what I wanted to do in the military. But eventually, I finally, my father finally talked to me and he said, if you're going to go into the military, that's great. But do me a favor, go into the Air Force because they have better schooling. Uh, they, you can actually learn something that you can transfer to the outside, to civilian life. Uh, whether you stay in for four years, you stay in until you retire in 20 years. So that's what I did. I took his advice. Um, and while I was still in high school, I started talking to the recruiter. I actually wound up doing what they call delayed enlistment, where you start all the paperwork, um, you go through your physical and everything like that, but you just don't go in yet. So I actually technically was already enlisted in the military while I was still finishing high school. Um, I wasn't supposed to actually leave for basic training until I believe it was like September. However, um, my recruiter called me, said he had an opening to go the end of June excuse me, and asked if I'd like to go. Yeah. So without skipping a beat, I said, yes, I would love to go. Um, I don't think my mom was too happy about that because <laughs> um, I got off the phone call and let her know what was going on. Um, and like I said, I don't think she was too happy about it, but she understood. So I graduated high school uh, the beginning of June in 1994, roughly around uh, like well, it was the first week of June, and I left for basic training about two to three weeks after that. Um, before I left, you know, I was working, um, part-time in retail, um, at a local department store and I hung out with my friends and everything, but I was ready. Um, I didn't want to go to college right away. I had a, a difficult time in high school and the fact that I had to work very hard for all of my grades. Um, I wasn't one of the fortunate people who, you know, could, you know, look at a chapter in a book and memorize it and go in, take the test and do great on it. Um, like I said, I had to work very hard for all of my grades. 
In fact, I had my high school counselor tell my mom and I that I would never amount to anything. Um, I'd just be flipping burgers. Um, that was so horrible to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. And you know, um, back then in like the '90s and so forth, you know, I, I'll admit um, I, I've learned since then. But back then, I I took that really hard, um, and you know, instead of trying to use that to motivate me, um, I just I took it the other way. Um, so it was really hard. Eventually, I got over it. Um, but when she first said that, it hit me pretty hard. Uh, I don't know if that was her intent. I, you know, I don't. I don't think she was trying to be mean. I think she was trying to motivate me. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I graduated high school, left for basic training. Um, you know, got in the van to head down and to get to the airport and everything. And I, my first thought was, "What did I do?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I got the basic training. And it's San Antonio, Texas, in the middle of the summer, uh, which is extremely hot. It can get into triple digits, into the hundreds, mm -hmm. and it's very, very humid. Um, we got there. It was late at night. It was probably about midnight, one in the morning. And I'm starting to think, okay, this isn't too bad. And then all of a sudden, our drill sergeant came out. Um, you know, he had a chest full of ribbons. He had been in for a very long time. And he had that really raspy voice and it just hit me like a ton of bricks and I was like oh my gosh what did I do <laughs> um, made it through to six weeks met a lot of great people and went on to um, learn what job I was going to be doing while I was in the Air Force which is as you mentioned medical logistics which basically means we took care of supplies for the medical facility whether it was something small like pens and pencils or to the most sophisticated piece of medical equipment, uh, like an x-ray room, um, MRI machine, so on and so forth. So everything came through through our office. So left basic training. Um, I had multiple different um, duty stations or, or Air Force bases that I went to. Um, I got to see the world. I was very fortunate. Uh, my first duty assignment was California. I'm originally from New York. Okay. Uh, I had family in California, so that was great. After, after California, I got to go to Italy. And one important thing I forgot to mention while I was in California, that's where I met my wife. She was also active duty. Uh, we got set up on a blind date. Oh, we hit it off. Um, I left to go to my next assignment, which was in Italy. We stayed in contact. Next thing you know, I was coming back to the States on uh, vacation time or leave, and we got married. That's great. And then she got orders to come to Italy to be with me. Mm. So how so, long you been in Italy? Fortunate. I'm sorry. How long you have been in Italy? I was stationed in Italy for about five years. Five years, and you Correct. kept the I relation was... going, like at distance for a few years, or you you didn't move. Normally, right? you Normally, you stay somewhere for about two to three years if you're if you're overseas like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I requested to stay longer, and I got approved, which doesn't normally happen very often. Um, so I lucked out. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason was because at the time my wife was active duty, and I just extended to meet um, her the date that she was scheduled to leave Italy. Um, Because once you go over there, 
to Europe or someplace like that overseas, um, they tell you, okay, this assignment is this long. You'll be over there for, you know, two years or three years. So once she came over and we were married, that kind of reset my clock, which I was fine with. I did, had no problem staying in Italy. Um, you know, my nationality is Italian and Irish, so I had no problem staying in Italy. Um, we had our first son in Italy. He was born there. Um, so that was pretty awesome. The Italians, they, they loved family, um, or they loved family. Um, you know, we, anytime we took them out, they were all, all over them. They were just gaga over them. It was, it was really amazing. Um, so I spent, I guess, 20 years in the military. I got to spend five years in Italy. After that, I came back to the States. I went to Ohio, um, a huge medical center there. Then I went to Korea for a year. Um, could not bring my, my family, so I had to leave my family behind in the States. Uh, that was very difficult. Um, I cried almost the whole way leaving them. Um, mm -hmm. Once I got there, I was okay. And we spent just about every night on the computer uh, video calling. Um, in fact, one of my younger kids thought that I lived in the computer and told his teacher that. Um, <laughs> well, at least that's the good then, way of technology that it keeps us closer, even yes, yes. we are apart. Thank, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's great to hear them on the phone, but it was so much better being able to see them on the computer, interact with them, play games with them, mm -hmm. um, you know, and be able to do that. So yes, technology, even back then, um, it was... It was amazing. So after Korea, um, I came back to Ohio um, just long enough to uh, get my family, and then we went to Germany, and we spent five years in Germany. Um, and while we were in Germany, we took advantage of its location, and we traveled. Uh, we traveled to Austria, to France, um, to Ireland. We actually went to Ireland twice. Went to Scotland. Uh, we drove back to Italy. We went through Switzerland. Um, we love to travel. We wanted to take advantage of it and show our kids so that, you know, when they're back in the States going to school, they can be like, hey, I've been there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, it, you know, just it makes it more special for them. And it makes uh, learning about it, you know, it gives it a new depth because they can say they've actually been there and they can look back at the photos. And they learn about different cultures as well, different traditions. They, they meet more people. My brother lives in Germany, so I've been visiting sometimes the Germany. I think it's a beautiful country. It is. We had a lot of fun there. Um, it, it's funny because we, um, you know, we lived in Europe, so we would drive. You know, we could drive six, eight hours from Germany and be in France. You know, yeah. we could drive. You know how it is. You drive in, Ger in Europe, and you could be in a different country. Yeah, well, we definitely. came back to the states, and you know, we'd be driving, and we'd be going from Ohio. Um, you know, on our way to Missouri and passing through other states, our kids, because they were young and they didn't understand, they were like, oh, are we still in the U.S.? Did we just drive into another country? <laughs> and we're like, no, we're still in the United States. <laughs> yeah, but they understand. And now they'll be better at learning geography and everything, so. Oh, yes, yes. It was, it was, it was funny. Um, because, like I said, we had been over there for so long. And it was such a you know a part of their their life growing up um, that when they came back you know we had to explain it to them that no no that was that was over there 
Nice. You know, this is over here now. That that's really interesting. So yeah, it's uh, it's not just in one place. Because I thought maybe you were the United States in there you were, but you traveled all over the world, so that's that's yes. awesome. More experience. Yes. And while I was in um, Italy, there was an opportunity to go work with the State Department on a humanitarian mission. Um, and what they do is they have these projects they call nation building, and there was a there was a tiny little country that broke away from the Soviet Union. Uh, the country was Moldova, and oh, we were going to bring them yeah. uh, medical supplies and equipment. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to go. So we spent, I went from Italy to Germany um, to a, a U.S. Um, Army depot, and we spent about six months just inventorying, inspecting, and packing all of the supplies and equipment that we were going to take with us to just give freely to the country to help them out. Um, and after we did all of that, we spent about a month and a half in the country um, providing them with all these supplies, these equipment, hospital beds, um, simple things like centrifuges, microscopes, and so forth. We did a number of the hospitals inside the city limits, and we also brought supplies and equipment to a number of clinics um, in outlying villages. And it was a really eye-opening experience. Um, a lot of the villages were... You know, dirt roads, they were out miles away from from the, from any city. Um, so these clinics were, were all these people had. And it was very, very humbling. Um, you know, the, the, the villages were extremely thankful for anything they got, as well as the city, but I think the villages more so. Um, and they would throw us basically like a, a seven-course celebration every clinic we went to. And we would try to do two to three or, or up to five in one day if we could. Um, it just depend, depended on how far away they were from each other. Um, and like I said, it was just a very, very humbling experience. Um, you know, it, it made you realize how much, especially in the U.S., um, we take for granted. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the places, they still had outhouses, um, they didn't have a lot of the technology and like I said, they were extremely thankful for whatever they could get. So it was, it was quite the experience. Um, while I was there, me and one of my coworkers got to experience a traditional, uh, local wedding. Um, okay. he wasn't sure if he wanted to go. I was like, come on, man, we, we won't get the chance to do this ever again. So I convinced yeah. him and we got picked up. It was a Friday night. I think it was or Saturday night. I think it's Saturday, um, I, because I'm from Romania and we have weddings on Saturday, so I think because Moldova is neighbor with us, so yeah, I think it's on Saturday. Yeah, thinking back, I, I think it was a Saturday evening, um, and one of the other people on the, on the team didn't expect us back till you know Sunday or Monday, um, and we're yeah. like, we don't know if we'll stay that long because <laughs> <laughs> um, we had to go out to a village that was you know, a couple hours away from the city. And it was just mm -hmm. the two of us with two translators um, that were assigned to our team. So me and my coworker, Tommy, we got in the van and we start driving. And, you know, we're probably about 30, 40 minutes out from the city already. And I'm like, so, you know, where are we going? Whose wedding is this? They're like, we don't know. <laughs> we're like, what? We 
don't you don't know. Um, so we got there and they explained to us what we needed to do, and it was amazing. I, I will never forget it. I had the best time of my life. Um, I wish, you know, hindsight being what it is, and looking back, I wish we would have stayed longer. Um, but while we were there, we were working Monday through Saturday, and we had worked all day, and we were tired, and it was already. I don't know what time in the morning, um, two in the morning, maybe later. So um, we got a chance to personally congratulate the bride. Um, and she said she understood what we were doing and heard about what we were doing. And she thanked us and said that we were now a part of their village anytime we wanted to come visit. So again, just another humbling experience and one I will never forget. It was so much fun. I am so glad we did it. Definitely. I think uh, there is a lot of like, you feel the hospitality and uh, have you tried the traditional foods as well? Maybe I think we have quite similar yes. foods. Yes, it was, I was blown away. So we were huh. at um, like a reception hall and downstairs is where all the music and the dancing and everything else yeah. was. And then it was time to go up and me and my friend Tommy got um, pulled in to one of the traditional uh, circle dances. Mm -hmm. um, I never did that before. I've seen it like in movies or TV, but we got pulled into one. Um, a young lady came up to my friend Tommy, um, who was single. I wasn't, so I was like, "Hey, Tommy," you know, and she sewed a little corsage on him and then dragged him away. And I'm like, "Have fun!" And then they came up and sewed a little corsage on me and dragged me away. And I was like, "Uh oh!" And next thing we know, we're arm in arm and we're you know kicking our legs and doing this dance. And I'm just trying to keep up and learn as I go. And there was a local Moldovan person next to me. He's like, hey, you're pretty good. And I'm like, okay. I'm just trying to learn. <laughs> I think they, they have um, some, like, fast dances as well. So it's like it's called, sometimes they call like Hora or something. Or they, they're really, like, fast. And they move their legs in a way. And it's like it's yes. difficult to learn. <laughs> yes. So we started... We started off as one big circle, and then we broke off into multiple circles. And when we, we broke off into multiple circles, it got much faster. <laughs> and um, thankfully, um, it didn't last super long. It only lasted maybe, yeah, I'll be honest with you, I don't know exactly how long it lasted, but um, I'd say maybe 10, 20 minutes. And uh, it got done, and I was I was bent over like, whoo, trying to catch my breath. But it was it was a workout, and it was like I said, it was so much fun. Yeah, we have a lot, in, and uh, some of them they speak Romanian too. Some of them might speak Russian, yes. but uh, yeah, we are we are neighbors. We we actually took um, we decided to take one weekend off, and actually take a Saturday and Sunday, and we took we got a bus, and we actually went to Romania um, for the weekend. Oh, and awesome. got to visit. Um, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I'm from the seaside part on the southeast, so. Okay. Yeah. We went to. Um, I don't know exactly which part we were in, but I do know we were close to. I think it's Transylvania, where oh, okay. um, yeah. you know Lord Dracula's castle is. Yeah, famous we, castle. I went on a tour, um, and we stayed at a local hotel. And we did a little bit of shopping the next day. Um, we only were there for one one night. Um, so we got to spend, I think it was most of Saturday, Saturday night, 
a little bit on Sunday, and then we started to drive back on Sunday. Mm. But from the little bit that I saw, it was it was gorgeous. I wish I would love to go back. Yeah, we have like a lot of we have mountains, we have the Danube Delta, we have the seaside, and the um, forests, and a lot of like nature you can see. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, there are many like they're cutting many trees, and we've started to lose a bit the like the the forest that they were like huge before. But still, there are many, like, beautiful places to see. Oh, yes. Yeah, just from the little bit that I saw um, from our stay there and driving through the country, like I said, it was it was amazing. And I would love to go back and, like, take my family back to, to see it. Yeah. You're always welcome to... Romanians are really, like, uh, like good people. I think they like to... to really like embrace all like the cultures and different people and it doesn't matter where you're from like you're always welcome and yes, to try and more I, traditional I, foods i feel well. that i feel that was most of europe as well yeah um definitely felt that way in, in romania and i felt that most of europe was was similar mm-hmm. and that was one of the things that my family and i really really liked about europe That's great. And um, so now you are, how was your experience like working full time and then you went in to do a degree later after you worked in, in the army, in the United Air Force. So um, how, uh, how was to do the degree like after? Because it didn't went straight away after high school, which is great because sometimes we do degrees. Yeah, I didn't did go to college straight after high school. I wanted a break. I uh, wanted mm-hmm. to do something different. Yeah. Because, like I said, I struggled all through high school. Um, so, basically, it was always my parents' wish that I got a degree. Um, so, I decided in, it was, my father had passed away in 2004 from cancer. Um, he fought it for a long time, but eventually, you know, he just, he got tired of fighting. Um, and then my mom, she traveled with us, and she lived with us. And then one day, early 2015 in January, um, she passed suddenly. So it was more to to kind of honor their wish, um, and, mm. and for myself, but mostly to honor their wish of, of getting a degree and trying to um, just learn something new. And um, so I decided finally, you know, I'm not going to make any more excuses. And in October 2015, um, I started going to the local university here in North Dakota. And it was difficult. It was, I will not lie. Um, a lot of times I wanted to give up, you know, and stop going, but my wife wouldn't let me. And um, other friends and family members, you know, they're like, no, you need to do this. Yeah. Um, so I stuck it out. And I did a, a combination of online classes and face-to-face classes. Um, I used... One of the things from the military was the you get you put so much money away while you're in the military um, that you can use later for education to get your degree. Um, it's called the GI Bill, and so that's what I did. I used the GI Bill to go to school, and it paid for ninety percent of my degree, my four-year degree. Okay. Um, my last few classes, I was just a little bit short, so I had to take out a little bit of a loan. 
student loan, but for the most part, the GI Bill paid for it all. Um, and like I said, I, I went full-time while working full-time. Um, so I would work Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Um, I would have a class sometime during the week in the evening at 7 p.m. Um, and I also had, so I had my one face-to-face class, and I was also taking three online classes um, at the same time all while working full time, having my family and my family is, is large. There's seven of us. Um, it's me my wife and five boys. And, um, out of my five boys, three of them are autistic. They're, they're, they're high functioning. They're not on medication or anything, but still, um, some days are, are better than others. And then my, my youngest, um, he's not autistic, but he has something else that poses its own challenges. Um, so, you know, there would be times I'd come home from work and I needed to work on homework, but my wife had a really difficult day. Um, the kids were just having an off day. So I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's get out of the house for a little bit. You know, let's go run some errands, you know, um, go to the store, do whatever. Um, so get her out of the house for a couple hours. And then I would come home and work on homework, you know, even if it wasn't like a full full assignment, even if it was just doing some uh, discussion questions online or a short essay, um, I would at least do something. Other nights, I wouldn't do it at all, and I'd save it all for the weekend. And those made for some very long weekends. Um, and there were a lot of times I had to sacrifice, you know, doing things with my kids or my family. You know, I'd be like, sorry, guys, you know, um, I can't, you know, play such and such with you this weekend because I got to knock out a ton of homework um and we'd go on vacation or go somewhere i'd have to bring my laptop with me bring my school books with me and you know once Mm -hmm. we got done doing whatever family stuff we were doing during the day and we were back at the hotel um i'd help get the kids settled down for the night and then i'd go down to the lobby or wherever in the hotel pull out my textbooks pull out my laptop and get to work um so it was definitely not easy um, there were, you know, a couple of course loads that I took that were extremely heavy. Um, there was one course semester I took computer programming, um, statistics, and I don't remember exactly what else. I think it was. I've done was it chemistry. Oh, that's uh, so. I mean, it was a very, very heavy course load and there were many a nights I cried myself to sleep at night going what am I doing um and the statistics class statistics is hard enough but I was doing it online um I mean my teacher was supportive and he was there for us if we had questions but you know you're taking the class online so you're pretty much on your own um thank god for technology thank god for YouTube and Google um if I got stuck on a problem and I wasn't able to figure it out from what the book was saying. I could go to YouTube and find someone who explained it maybe in a different way, um, or go to Google and find out, you know, other options to, to approach other ways to approach the problem. Um, but if it hadn't been for the support of my wife and my kids and other f- close friends, I don't think I would have made it. Um, working full time, taking a full class load. 12 credits or more each semester. And I, I took semesters fall, spring, and summer. Um, it was it was not easy. 
Mm. Very, very difficult. Yeah, I had some times when I, I worked like mostly all my undergraduate degree. I worked uh, full time. Sometimes I had a bit of flexibility. I had some days off, but I was working as well as studying. So it was challenging. I did the. I had a module. I, I done psychology and the, like a, a big part of the psychology was statistics. So I'd, I'm not sure if it was something like similar with what you've done. I was using SPSS on, have you used that or statistic, the SPSS program? Uh, no, I, our, our college, our professor, um, he had a, a textbook which also had a corresponding website for us oh, to okay. use um, called Pearson, uh, Pearson Learning, I think it is. Um, and I think it's actually based in, in England, the company that makes the Pearson uh, study material. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the website and everything for doing the stuff online was extremely good. I mean, it had really, really in-depth um, help uh, help help things. You know, you could if you were working on a homework problem and you were just stuck, you could click a button and it would basically walk you through um, a similar problem. Unfortunately, not the exact problem you were working on, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it would work on one very, very similar, um, you know, same type of word problem, but it would change the numbers slightly and it would take you step by step and really drill it down. Uh, sometimes I thought it drilled it down a little too much, um, because you could get lost in all the information. But, um, so I used that, I used my scientific calculator and I would have to go to YouTube and figure out how to use the scientific calculator. Um, or remember how to do certain things in the scientific calculator, um, or I used Excel, Microsoft Excel. And my, our teacher told us, he's like, use the technology. Um, it's there. If, if you were in the real world, you know, that's what you would be doing. You'd be using the calculator. You'd be using Excel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's, that's what, we, what we did. And the scientific calculator, you know, once you realize the, the potential it has and the things it's capable of doing, it's like, my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> Definitely. It's, uh, and the YouTube tutorials are so helpful. Like many times I was looking in there because I had to choose like which statistic test to use. And it was, I was deciding on one, but then I was looking at the data and uh, it was a bit, I thought maybe these variables were not uh, that kind of, so I was sometimes so confused. So YouTube tutorials and other websites, they were helpful. So that's why technology is so great, not just books, but the... Yes. And I've seen you learn HTML from from books yourself, so I... Yes. Yeah. I like like learning and I like reading. Um, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. lately, I just haven't been able to do as much as I would like. Um, but I do try to read, um, you know, one of the things is I'm a geek. I love computers. I love learning about computers. Um, I, I look at a lot of different Facebook, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, uh, pages on different computer things. Um, I follow a lot of different technology, whether it's video games, computers, um, graphics, just anything, um, advances in, in technology in, in any form. And um, one time when I was in the military, you know, at a younger age, I, um, you know, HTML was coming out, internet. um, This was back around 2003-ish. I decided I wanted to learn 
HTML. So I bought a book and I taught myself. Uh, I won't say that I am a master at it. Um, I like riding a bike. If you don't do it regularly, you can lose some of it. And I, yeah. I have lost some of it. Um, but I, I bought a book and I started reading it. And then I started, I built a web page um, just from reading the book. And, um, you know, I, I built one there at work. You know, I was going to try and use it for work. And we had a lot of forms, you know, to request this, request that. So I was like, what if we could just make a web page and you could just click this, click that. And I had drop down menus, um, different fonts. And, you know, I filled in um, all of the options for the drop down menus and everything mm -hmm. just by writing out all the HTML. Um, and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I like learning about different things. Um, like I said, unfortunately, lately, I haven't done a whole lot as far as reading to learn. But I do watch YouTube videos. I watch, like I said, I follow things on Facebook. I follow things on uh, LinkedIn. Um, if I go on Google and I happen to see something that catches my eye, I'll click on the link and go learn about it. Um, so, and one of my, my sons, my oldest son, he's very, very much into science. Um, he loves anything to do with science. And so a lot of times, in order for me to have a conversation with him, I have to go and do some research <laughs> just so <laughs> I can have awesome. a conversation with my son. <laughs> That's um, great. But it's fun. Yeah. I, I, like, I like it, you know, and uh, my wife will, will tease us sometimes because he'll ask a question. There was one time a couple of years back, he asked a question about black holes and, um, you know, me and him just got into this long conversation and my wife's just looking at us like, what the <laughs> heck? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love learning. Um, if I can read, I will read. If I don't have the time to read, um, I will, you know, look it up on the internet. If it's something that's interesting me or if something catches my eye, um, you know, I'll watch, you know, a, a video on it, a short video on it on you on Facebook. Like you know, you know how you go on Facebook and sometimes mm -hmm. a little snippet pops up. And if it's something that really interests me, I will go Google it and find out more about it. Um, so yes, I love learning. There's always something to learn. Um, and I, learning is a part of my, my current job too. So, um, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. It's important to always keep a, like a student mindset and always keep learning because information we have, it's so quick to access. It's right there. We just click and we find out about so many things. And your kids keep you motivated too now. So you have to do a, yes. a lot of research to talk. Yes. And, you know, I have multiple kids. I have five boys and mm -hmm. they're all interested in different things. So my oldest is science. Um, my second oldest, it's animals. Um, you know, he can, we take him to the zoo. Or we'll all go to the zoo and we're like, hey, Riley, what, what's this animal? And he's like, oh, that's a such and such. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm standing there looking at the plaque that's there telling you about the animal. I'm just like, good Lord. Um, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he, you know, he's like five feet away and nowhere near the, the little plaque thing. So, I mean, he just, he loves animals. Um, and my my third oldest, um, he's the one, he's really into um, sports. He's into, but more so now, he's into theater. He's into music. Um, he's writing a book himself. He likes to direct his brothers in movies that he makes. Um and I mean, he gets really, really into it. You know, you can hear him sometimes when they're in the basement or outside in the backyard. 
you'd be yelling at them like, no, that's not what I wanted you to do. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, I wound up, we wound up purchasing him some, um, you know, relatively simple um, video editing software. Um, he was using the trial version, but he's like, can I please get the full version? So we're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got him the full version of it. And, um, you know, it's nothing super fancy, but it's definitely not what, you know, you would find just typically on a computer. Yeah. Um, and he's able to do some splicing, some editing. You know, he can add music if he wants to. Um, so he's really taken off with that. He's written songs. Um, so, and I'm, I, when I was younger, I was really into music. I still love music. I love listening to it. I love listening to all genres. Um, but when I was younger, I used to play instruments. Not so much anymore. Um, but he does. He, he mm-hmm. taught himself how to play the piano, the guitar. Oh, great. Um, and he wants to keep expanding his his knowledge base. Um, he's trying to talk me and my wife into getting him a drum set. Um, starting a band with a couple of his friends from high school. Um, but yeah, his so his passion is, is the arts. Um, and then my my younger two, well, they're still young. Um, so their their interests kind of bounce all over the place still. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's so great that they they discovered and they are into all of this. So how old are they? My oldest is 19. He just graduated high school. Mm-hmm. My next oldest is 17. He'll be graduating this coming school year. My next oldest is 16. And then my younger two are 12 and 8. Yeah. But they have it already like figuring it out like all the science, the animals, the video, movies and directing and and he's only like 16 is the one with the the movies and he likes to and yep. art and yeah, so that's that's awesome. It's, it's really interesting how they develop and the help with technology. It's it's, uh, it's so useful to see they They develop and they find out their interests more quicker. And the other yes. two, the youngest one, they they're still discovering. So the more they experience them, it's easier to find their interests. Yes, exactly. And we try to encourage them all. You know, and like my oldest one with the science, we try to encourage him. You know, we get him books on science. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we point to, you know, if I find something on YouTube that I think will interest him, I share it with him. Um, you know, we... Just things, you know, when he was younger, like for Christmas and so forth, we would buy him, um, you know, the more advanced type of Legos, um, ones that, you know, we got him this one thing. It's not even really a Lego set because you actually had to use um, screws and bolts and, you know, things like that to put it together. Um, it has batteries, you know, it's basically like a little robot. Um, and then my second oldest you know he's really into geology um so we got him a small rock tumbler um mm. books you know again if i see something that i think will interest him like on youtube or something i'll point it out to him share it with him um you know tell him about different things like national geographic or, or whatever uh so we we really try to encourage them and, and help them help fan that flame if you will um to keep their passions going Definitely, and it's it's important to to keep this going, and I think that starts at home, like how they build their their self confidence and uh, 
how you support them as uh, parents. So that's how they grow up and become like more like self-confident adults, and uh, they know what are their interests and their passions. So yeah, that's that's so great. And are they like uh, online as well? They they're sharing what they learn or or not not yet or if they create more like content about this their interests or so we can follow them yeah yeah like my one um my my th- my well i won't say my three oldest but my 16 year old my 17 year old um you know they they have youtube channels and they've made some youtube videos it's mostly about video gaming mm-hmm. um my 17 year old he's really into minecraft and he's made some really incredible things in minecraft um and he um has tried to in some some youtube videos on them uh, my 16 year old you know he streams different video games that he does um and he he bounces around he doesn't just stick with one uh type of game um he'll do call of duty he'll do um Beat Saber, he'll do all different kinds of things. And um, so they're really into it. And my 16-year-old is uh, talking about, you know, thankfully he has a job, <laughs> so he can help pay for some of the things he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's talking about wanting to get, you know, a higher-end computer, and um, setting up a little, like, basically, lack of a better term, YouTube studio in his room um, with a big mic and everything. I'm like, um, okay, just help, help me out here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we can see like how the is the change. Like they're building something, which is awesome. Like they're building yes. something for them instead of like you know like previous like like our grandparents grandparents. They focus. They had like a different career path. Like go to college, go to uni. And, go get a job and right. then build a career. But now it's it's much better, like it's different. They find out their interests and then they do something for themselves, like with technology. So they're building yeah. their passion, they dream, their dreams, which is more interesting. So I think these generations are, are very like lucky in a way yes. to, to be able to build this and to share it with the whole world. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's... And they can learn so many things. With technology the way it is nowadays, they basically have the world at their fingertips. Mm. Yeah. And it's no longer about, like, just going the traditional pathway, like, the study and... I mean, you had an amazing career. No need for, like go to do the traditional I've done it I went from from high school and straight into university so I just went straight and I've been working what uh, without building a career like in something so I've just done like retail jobs while I was studying and now I'm building the career but uh, it's good to know that uh, as you said like you were struggling in high school but you still built an amazing career so it's good, a good reminder for everyone, like, even if they're struggling in high school or not, they can still build a, a great career. So the grades really don't matter, or if they struggle, they can just, like, do something else on their own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think especially as teenagers, you know, you, 
you think that, oh my gosh, I'm struggling in high school and, you know, the older generation, you know, they make such a big deal about high school because, yeah. like, my parents and the parents before them, because that, that's, like, exactly how you said, that's just the way it was. Mm -hmm. um, society and mentality and culturally, it was just different. And, you know, so when I was going through high school, that was the expectation. You know, you got to do well in high school, you got to go to college. If you don't do well in high school, you, you can't do well in college or you can't get into college. You know, yeah. what are you going to be doing? Um, and there is nothing wrong with people not wanting to go to college. I have friends that they're like, oh, my, my kid doesn't want to go to college. I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know what they're going to do. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. Hmm. Let them Definitely. learn to trade. Let them learn to be a mechanic. Let them learn to be a plumber and electrician. We need people like that. Hmm. And some people enjoy doing it and they can make a good living at it. And if they like doing it and they make a decent living at it, then what's the harm? We need people that are carpenters, that are, you know, construction workers, that are, we need people that are truck drivers and you need to have discipline and um, motivation to, to be a truck driver. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. We need them. We, and this pandemic highlighted how much we need them. And it changed people's perspectives and opened their eyes. So Definitely. there is nothing wrong with people, you know, or even, you know, go through high school, try college and realize, I just don't know if this is for me or I'm not ready for this yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, go, go do something. Go work, you know, part-time or full-time. Go work doing something. And maybe you'll go back to college. Maybe you won't. And that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it can always be like a different way. So it doesn't have to be just one way. Like your teacher said, that if you struggle in high school, then you will be struggling. Yeah. Like she, she kind of was trying to predict your future and we can't predict the future for no one. Exactly. And that's important exactly. like, to give people, especially like kids and teenagers, to give that uh, confidence that they can follow their passions, their dreams, and regardless of grades or anything like that. I think you're doing a great job. You had a great career, and now oh. you're building like a great family. They they all have like different interests, which is awesome. Well, thank you. We try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's there's great. there's no. There's no rule book. There's no instructions. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no guide on how to be a parent. It's all fly by the seat of your pants and figure it out as you go. So, some days are easier than others. Some days are better than others. But it's a, it's a heck of a journey, and I'm excited to be on it. Yeah, I don't have kids yet, but uh, I'll try to to be a good parent in the future. So. Um, yeah, that's that's really great. And um, so it's uh, now you're working the same like medical. Is it medical logistics or something similar? It's it's a little different. Um, the position is is kind of unique. So I'm part of the the supply department for the hospital. However, I don't sit with the rest of my co-workers and supply I don't sit with them where they with their where they sit or where their offices are um, where I work the the warehouse and the supply people they're in a building separate from the hospital I actually sit in the main hospital um, I get to wear scrubs every day to work hospital scrubs which is awesome it's like wearing pajamas every day mm -hmm. um, 
So, and I get to work directly with the surgeons, the other physicians, other medical staff um, on a daily basis. And I have learned so much and it's fun and it's fascinating. And sometimes I share pictures with my, my wife or my kids and they're like, oh, that's disgusting. Why are you sharing that with me? And I'm like, oh, I thought you wanted to see what I'm doing or what I'm learning about at work. They're like, no, don't share that. That is gross. <laughs> um, so, so what my position is is I I am to to work with the the OR staff uh, because the 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 nurses or the 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 assistants that go in that scrub in with the surgeons. Um, they also, not only do they do that, but they also have other duties they're responsible for. And one of the duties they're responsible for is ordering their own supplies. Mm -hmm. um, but they don't always have the time to dedicate to it and do it in a proper way. So what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to go in there and try and work with them, um, trying to help them streamline their process, um, explain to them why or how we do certain things from the supply or logistics standpoint, and then also be that liaison between my, my coworkers and supply and the people over there that I've built a relationship with over in the hospital so that maybe supply is like, well, why are they ordering this? They, you know, they haven't ordered it in a while or they ordered it just the other day. And it's like, well, here's the reason why. Because if they have an ambulance come in overnight or they have an ambulance come in during the day after they've already used their normal supplies for surgery. So I, I'm that liaison to try and explain things, to mediate um, between the two different sides and mentalities mm -hmm. and get them to understand each other. And um, I also work with them to, like I said, streamline their processes, um, order better, have a little bit of, you know, supply discipline as in, you know, Maybe normally they would order 10 of something just so that they have it or because they're short on time, whereas it's like you don't really need 10. You got, you know, a couple left on the shelf. We get trucks every week, you know, twice a week from our distributor. You know, if we if something, God forbid, happens, we can make a phone call and get it here overnight, but you don't have to order an overabundance. So just trying to explain those things to them, work with them on those things. Um, try to help them save costs in that way, standardize uh, different things. Um, and then the other part of what I do is, like I said, I work directly with the surgeons, um, physicians, and nurse practitioners and so forth when they would like new items. Maybe they went to a conference and there were some sales reps there for different companies. And they're like, oh, we got this brand new thing coming out. It's the best thing in the world, blah, blah, blah. And they come back from that conference and they're like, oh, I got to have this. I want this. And it's like, okay. Slow down. You know, you know what our policies are. I need yeah. you to fill out this paperwork. Um, it's it's basically like three forms. Um, so I have them fill out these three forms. Uh, one of them is like our official request form, and the other one is a Word document that just has a bunch of questions so we can try and gather some information and some detail beforehand, you know, so, so that when I go to um, the people I need to talk to, about, hey, Dr. So-and-so, you know, they have this item, they really like to have it, here's their request form, and here's this, this Word document that will give you, um, maybe not all, but it will give you some background and detail as to why they want it and how they think it will benefit them and their patients. 
Um, you know, some of the, I won't go over every question on there, but just some of the questions on there are like, what are you using now? Um, what do you like about what you're using now? What don't you like what you're using about now? Um, and then, you know, talking about the new item, how did you hear about this? Where'd you hear it from? Um, you know, what are the benefits? You know, is it going to help the patient to have a quicker healing time? Is it going to be reduced pain? Um, is it going to save you know, time in the OR when you're doing surgery? Is it going to make things so, you know, this much easier for you and so forth? And, it, and a lot of these are just basic questions that I'm going to get asked anyway. So I just have them fill this out, hand it to me. So I, what, I tell the, what I'll tell the surgeon and the physicians is, look, I, I understand you're very, very busy and you need to take care of your patients. So all I ask of you is to, one, fill out these three pieces of paper for me, Put as much detail on that, that Word document with the questions as you can. The more detail you give me, the less I have to come back to you and ask you more and more questions. Um, and the only other thing I ask of you is to come to the meeting that we have once a month and champion your product. Champion why you want this, why you need this, and explain it to them from your standpoint. I said, I can explain it, but I can only explain it so well. I am not the surgeon. I am not the physician. I can't go into depth and explain why this is better for your patient. So I need you to come there and I need you to explain that. And 90% of the time, if, if they're not in surgery or seeing patients, they'll come to the meeting. And I have learned so much about different procedures, different surgeries, different techniques. Um, it's, it's, I love it. You know, it, it's so much fun. And I love being in the medical field, and I love learning about all these advancements. Um, some of the videos I have to watch are kind of gross, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, some of the videos I don't make it all the way through. Um, I get a little queasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But for the most part, um, I can make it through. And watching the videos and watching the animations and reading about the product, it helps me to be able to one better explain it on their behalf but also it helps me to build that relationship with that surgeon or with that physician because I can speak at least a tiny bit nowhere near their level but at least a tiny bit and not have that deer in a headlight look when they're trying to explain things to me mm -hmm. yeah that's that's right even if you're interested also on technology you're understanding the the medical side as well and you're really like understanding how they are and what they have to do so that's that's about like uh, putting like different perspectives in your in your mind and getting like new ideas so that's that's right that's how you you build your like excellent like relations at work and you truly understand what are their needs and the patients as well yes so i have a And I found out that it's so much easier for me to just give the surgeons my cell phone number. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a work cell phone. It's my personal cell phone. So I have a whole list of people in my phone that are surgeons from, from work <laughs> just because it's so much easier um, to contact them and get a hold of them if I have questions or if they have questions for me. Um, and then same thing with the sales reps um, for the different products and the different companies. I have a number of them in my phone too because it's just it's so much easier to uh, than trying to to you know call them from my work phone 
or whatever, because maybe I'm in a meeting and I need a quick answer so I can quick shoot off a text to a sales rep or to a surgeon um, and hopefully get it back relatively quickly while I'm still in the meeting and be able to give that answer. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. You know, my kids are kind of uh, like, you have like actual like surgeons in your phone that, that you talk to? I'm like, yeah. I do. I talk to brain surgeons, vascular surgeons, um, mm-hmm. general surgeons, gastroenterology, urology, orthopedic. Yep, I have them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Time passes so fast. So we have like literally like three minutes because the it's a 60 minutes maximum. So we can like get to, I mean, what's like one advice let's say because you have such a, like a great support from your family and um, it's been over the years so you've been through like a relationship at distance anyway so even if you are separated and like in different countries you are still like supporting each other so what's one advice for people to just keep supporting each other to follow their their dreams like you did you followed your, the degree with your wife's support and everything so in like few words like What keeps you like motivated to keep uh, supporting each other? Um, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> We have so, three minutes, I think. Yeah. So, I think for me personally, what helps keep me motivated is is my family. You know, I I try to do everything I can for them. You know, they have been so supportive in me going to school. Um, going in the military um, and, and just doing different things, even like this. Um, I, I I never thought I'd be on a podcast before. I told one, my 16-year-old I'm going to be on a podcast, and he was like, what? Dude, that's amazing. I'm like, I know. Thanks, man. Um, so just you never know what opportunities are going to present themselves. Um, be open to them. Have an open mind, you know, and – Don't be afraid to take a risk. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and take a leap of faith. Um, I was terrified about starting college. I had all these doubts, all these questions. You know, am I going to be able to do it? I'm working full time. I have my family. You know, I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, don't listen to them. And if you start getting those those voices in your head, talk to someone. If you're married, talk to your spouse. If you have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, if you have a very close friend, talk to a family member. Um, let them know, and if if they're a true friend or you know true family member, they're they're going to support you. They're going to support you through the bad times and the good times. Um, like I said, with my schooling, there were plenty of times that I wanted to give up. You know, I didn't know what I did, and I was stressing out, and I was taking it out on my family. Um, and my wife and I would get into an argument, but then after both of us calmed down, we'd talk it out, mm-hmm. and. You know, a couple of times when I had those really, really heavy course loads during a semester, she sat down with me and helped me make up a schedule. Um, so just take that leap of faith. Have communication. You know, don't be afraid to, you know, maybe sw- – I don't know how many times I've had to swallow my pride and ask for help okay. or admit yeah. that I was wrong or admit that – You know, or just put myself out there and be like, look, you know, talking to a friend of mine, I've been there. I've been where you're at. I've been unemployed or I've 
I've been struggling to go, you know, try and make that dream happen of going to school or whatever it is and just let them know I've been there. And if I can do it, so can you. And 